Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Katrina Yukno Vechute and Cassie Huang. Katrina immigrated to the U.S. from Lithuania as a kid. Thanks to her artistic mother, she grew up loving fashion. She started with her first venture in third grade and has been an entrepreneur ever since. Katrina received her BA and MA from Georgetown University and was in the School of Foreign Service. She spent a few years working at the Rand Corporation where she spearheaded international business partnerships and became known for her research on Russia. Cassie grew up in Shanghai and came to the US when she was 16. A Georgetown University graduate, she started her career at Morgan Stanley as an investment banker, then joined the Cranemure Group as a private equity investor. Driven by her passion for building and entrepreneurship, she deferred her Wharton MBA to join forum brands, gaining experience in startup operations, e-commerce, and team building. Alongside Katrina, she's now focused on growing a rat, leveraging her business acumen, and a shared vision for impactful change. Welcome to the show, Katrina and Cassie. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Nice to meet you, too. Let's get started. So um, <clears throat> Katrina and then Cassie, uh, as a woman in tech, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Sure. So honestly, for me, I've always been an entrepreneur and loved fashion. That's something when recently I've been reflecting, uh, I've realized that those have really been two consistent themes throughout my life. You know, whether it was like a cupcake company that I started in high school or like creating my own currency in third grade. I just loved building and that's been very consistent. And then after I finished my uh, bachelor's at Georgetown, I was working full time as a consultant while also pursuing my master's. And for a while, I really thought my future would be in foreign policy. That's what I was studying. I was in school of foreign service. But then I started to realize that what I actually liked was the idea of solving very complex problems and that was kind of going back to my childhood that was always what got me really excited was solving these problems and innovating so then after my master's i kind of had a wild ride it wasn't very clear i ended up moving back to europe during covid i was pursuing this role with nato which didn't really fully pan out it caused me to scramble i had to move back to new york basically overnight I took like a random job in New York just to survive. And it was really this chaotic time, honestly, in my life. And I was just trying to figure so much out uh, personally, professionally. And I think at that time I was really in this like fight or flight mode for a while. And when I moved to New York, I was there for about a year. And then I landed a what I thought at the time was a dream role at Rand. And I quickly rose to like this leadership position while I was there. I was known as a Russia expert. I was co-leading our international portfolio, really doing a lot. But at the same time, I became immersed in New York's tech ecosystem, which if you know anything about the tech ecosystem in New York, it's really starting to emerge recently. And even though it's not as big as SF, it's really growing. And around that time, I then launched a RET in 2023 in January. And that's like the chaos of having to work for Rand as a full-time role while building a RET. Like that's a story all in its own. Um, but I think for me, it was, I used to think that 
if I wasn't an engineer or if I couldn't code that I really couldn't build the company of my dreams because what Arete is doing today has been something I've dreamt about honestly since I was a kid. But then I realized by kind of being immersed in the scene that this wasn't really the case. And even when building a tech company, it comes down to your execution. It comes down to your willingness to learn and your ability to find brilliant people who share your vision and can fill these knowledge gaps. And the, that's kind of where we're at today now scaling and growing the company. That's amazing. Your drive and your uh, persistence has been just really, really impressive, Katrina. Great job. Um, and Cassie. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually grew up in Shanghai, um, where my dad was always an entrepreneur. So growing up, I'm obsessed with two things. Well, number one is building something, whether it's building life um, or, you know, building a business. And number two, I was always fascinated by business. So I immigrated from Shanghai, um, you know, to the States when I was 16, went to boarding school in Charlottesville, Virginia, then went to Georgetown as an undergrad. Um, I started my career in Morgan Stanley in the investment banking division that I did a private equity um, as an investor. And during the five years, so when I was really building my professional skill set, one thing I always realized is that, you know, I'm, you know, empowered by a lot of the female mentors that surrounded me. Um, and at the same time, I was really inspired by female entrepreneurs. And in the end of the day, I decided that, you know, um, all the background professionally, I learned all the skills at the institutional mentality, but I was just always destined to build something of my own with a partner. And um, right now I, you know, came to Wharton. I'm pursuing my master degree in business here uh, while I'm pursuing this journey with Katrina, where I really just uh, see the, I'm inspired by the community we're building. And I want to provide um, all that I've learned from the best institutions on Wall Street and bring it um, to building something of our own and leave a legacy for the years to come. I love that. That is so impressive. How did you guys meet? How did you and Katrina meet? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were obviously we went to Georgetown together, but we didn't really meet each other in school. We were connected by a mutual friend who's my best friend and knew Katrina. And when Katrina talked about a rat, um, when the idea was really just in a nutshell to her, um, our friend Vanessa, Vanessa immediately connected Katrina to me. And then um, in January last year, we met um, at a brunch spot in West Village, talked for three hours and immediately immediately hit it off and the rest is history. Wow, yeah, still, that's amazing. I still remember when Vanessa told told me about uh, Cassie and we were having dinner and I was like, oh, this girl sounds perfect. <laughs> and that was my first reaction. That's amazing. That's what's meant to be, right? That's, yeah. that's how you put it. Uh, that's great. So Katrina, explain how you see the intersection between tech and fashion. Yeah, so Honestly, they're so connected, but it's really not until recently that we are really beginning to understand how connected they truly are. Because the system that we use even for e-commerce right now is basically from the 90s. So mm -hmm. some of the biggest like pain points that people experience when it comes to like shopping, um, we know it's like sizing issues, right? So many returns or it's understanding how do you actually style style yourself? Like, how do you put clothing together? Uh, how do you understand what looks good on your body? Like, what are your style preferences? And the current system really just throws people in 
in without any direction and it expects them to understand these nuances around their personal style, around their bodies, around these different designers. And what we really see is that technology is going to allow us to have a very refined system and remove a lot of this expectation from our shoppers. And in a nutshell, that's really what ARET is doing, at least in its very first basic form. There are also a lot of other companies, obviously, that are popping up now that are trying to use technology to resolve different types of issues. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of companies right now uh, using 3D imaging and 3D scanning to solve different sizing issues. Uh, we're seeing a lot, like a big wave of Web3 related fashion companies, uh, virtual fashion shows. If you look at Tommy Hilfiger, those were a were very big uh, in recent years. Um, some of our closest friends are actually using like 3D imagery to create wedding dresses. And then we have a lot of friends who are in the rental space. And so building software around novel clothing rental models. So technology is... I think really going to help make our lives more efficient when it comes to fashion. And that's the, that's the ultimate use of technology, right? Like make our lives more efficient. And mm -hmm. I think the fashion industry is just way overdue for this. I like to call it like the 21st century revamp. And I think mm -hmm. that's what we're moving into right now. That's great. Yeah. I can't wait for it to evolve into AI and some of the other things, because I think it can make such a difference, right? Oh yeah. Huge yeah. change coming. Yeah, that's great. So Cassie, what is the opportunity and market for e-commerce as you see it? Absolutely. I, first of all, think e-commerce is such an exciting field. Um, retail e-commerce sales is growing at 10%. It will hit about $7 trillion in 2025 globally. And within that, apparel e-commerce was a $185 billion market in 2012, growing at about 9% a year. I think with the continued technology development, we will see accelerated e-commerce growth, which was pulled forward due to the pandemic a couple of years ago if you could remember, but we're nowhere close to saturation. And I, as I see it, there are three major, I would say, trends within the e-commerce market. Number one um, is circular economy. I really think circular economy is going to get reflected within the e-commerce ecosystem. And that'll get reflected in the purchase behavior and um, exactly what Array is trying to change. Um, because today, the purchase behavior that a consumer faces is quite disconnected. You'll go to different places, different apps for style or um, you know item discovery then you'll have to generate an idea it's very search-based you have to think about what you want to buy before you can search for it and then you'll see you know for apparel it specifically is you know you'll see the different items sitting on beautiful models but you know people who might not look like you and then you purchase you make returns it's every single step is quite disconnected and mm -hmm. thus um, creates a you know friction point so I see I think that e-commerce with technology especially AI in the next decade, will uh, bring forward the circular economy and ecosystem purchase behavior. That's number one. Number nice. two, I think the global supply chain management will see a big change. Um, you know, in the past decade or two decades, the globalization really focused on, you know, cheap manufacturing overseas and especially in China and Asia. Um, but 
But I think, you know, with the challenges that we saw during the pandemic, a lot of the firms are talking about uh, switching, um, you know, supply chain from just a focus point in Asia to maybe Mexico, to maybe Europe. So the diversification of sub supply chain management will be another heated topic. And the last one, I think, you know, e-commerce really creates so many opportunities for brands and individuals to enter the market and create their, you know, brand and items they want to sell. But I think the competition is higher than ever. So branding and creative marketing especially will continue to be a very crucial part of any e-commerce business. That's great. Well, that, that really sums it up. And I love how you explained it too in the three parts. That's really great. Thank you, Cassie. Uh, mm -hmm. Katrina, now let's chat a little bit about female empowerment and leadership. Please share your thoughts. Favorite, our favorite topic. We love <laughs> We really do. We host a bunch of female leadership dinners, and so it's front of mind for us all the time. Uh, I would say I think that this is honestly our time, and it's the responsibility of our generation to fully shatter any of the glass ceilings that still exist, because they do uh -huh. still exist. And I think right now we're at this pivotal point where we're the ones who are going to fully break them. Uh, however, I also want to emphasize the importance for women to actually work together. We see, especially in New York, and Cassie's been on Wall Street, we have the traditional boys club. I'm doing like air quotes right now, if you could mm -hmm. see it, but mm -hmm. men are really good at supporting each other. They information and network share, and they're really good at it. And women have a tendency to operate with almost a scarcity mentality and assume that there's just, you know, not enough of the pie to go around. Mm -hmm. This just isn't the case. And so I really want as you know, female leaders, something we want to make sure that we're trailblazers for this as well. But we need to stop acting like we're all competing with each other. We're stronger together and we need to really take that mentality, internalize it and act on it. And what Arette does is, like I mentioned, we host a lot of these female leadership dinners and we work with Girls Inc. because as a company, one of our core values is also empowering women to lead and to build and to really shape the That's future great. and shape society. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about leadership, I think of leadership as a combination of strength and warmth. And mm -hmm. so each day, you know, we're surrounded in our office uh, or in our just day-to-day -day lives, we're surrounded by really wonderful male and female leaders. And something I've noticed is that women have this beautiful innate ability to leverage strength and warmth and we can really lean into one or the other when it's most needed and i think that gives us a very special ability to truly lead and if we can just act on that i think there's so much more to come in the next couple of decades especially amazing yes i love 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 your thoughts and your um perspective on helping women i have a funny saying that says you know if you don't help other women, there's a special place in hell for you. Because <laughs> yeah. you have to. We have to lift each other up. That's our job. That's exactly. amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Katrina. And Cassie, your thoughts? Absolutely. So personally, I always wanted to gain respect in the very traditional and cookie cutter path before I feel ready to build my own thing. Throughout my career, um, I've seen different styles of leadership, whether it was in corporate as an investor or as entrepreneurs. And as Katrina mentioned, you know, I feel like we've just learned from the skilled men in the Bass Boys Club, and we want to apply that to our own style. And the things that I hold at my core as a female leader is really three things. Number one is authenticity. 
community. We attract people and build a community through being the authentic selves. Um, and that's something you cannot hide and it'll really show in your day-to-day -day work and life. Number two is create that vision. Vision is so important um, as a leader that, you know, we want to be able to articulate what we are trying to build, why it's big and attractive, why it's going to make an impact on the world um, before we can attract people and follow us. And the number three, I really think is empowerment. Leadership to me is really to give that power to in each individual that we attract around us that we you know we can make sure that we share the same vision but i want every single person that with the company attracts to be their best and so that we can create our community and our company all together that is so great cassie thank you that is so enlightening and also so important for us to always keep that top of mind so karina why do you think community building is critical for success yeah, so it's honestly, it's about building a solid base. And so when you think about our societies, when you even think about countries, a lot of these societies, countries, they're built around communities. That's what we know, like going back to like our ancestors, communities have always been at the center. And it makes sense to me that our companies should also have communities at the center. And community is often built you know, around a shared mission or a shared vision. And as a company, finding those people whose values align with ours and who can be those ambassadors from the beginning, that's really powerful because you build that solid base and foundation. And from there, you can really scale because those voices are really powerful. And so I'm a firm believer that, you know, 10 people who are really excited about our product and consistently engaged are worth more than, a hundred, for example, who download a RET and maybe maybe think about it once a month. If we can get those 10 people and keep those 10 people through community, that's gonna allow us to then really go forward. And you know, we're starting in New York, and that's our entire focus is hey, let's build a really strong community in New York City. And then let's scale, then let's expand to Los Angeles, then let's go into Miami. Because if we can build it here then we can build it over there. And also, I mean, community building is fun, right? It is it is exciting. We wanna be a fun company. We love doing these clothing swaps and soirees and you know, fashion week shows. We like doing this stuff, it's fun. And life is often really serious. And I think injecting the value of community building into the company and to the core from the very beginning, it allows us to have that sense of creativity and authenticity and exciting that is attractive to people. And that's, I think, the beauty of being able to build a company that is at that intersection of fashion and technology. We can be fun and we can be serious and we don't have to choose a side. And community is at the core of what we're doing always. That's amazing. I love your thought process and I love that when you build it in New York, you'll have the recipe for success and then you can take it to the other cities. Maybe you can have other women that are really uh, passionate about this topic that can help and start communities in all different cities. And soon you'll have one, you know, maybe nationwide. Exactly. Global. Yeah, that's great. Global. Yes, I was thinking global, but I thought, well, let's start here. <laughs> um, that's great. So, Cassie, can you share with us some of your challenges and successes from Wall Street to entrepreneurship? 
Absolutely. Um, so I think Wall Street, you know, obviously it's a success industry with a long history. So what I really learned from Wall Street experience is the institutional mentality and putting a, the ability to put a professional structure into the way I solve business problems. And as you know, startup is super exciting, but startup is all about putting out fire every day and be where the business needs me to be. And you're solving all the different type of problems and you know challenges every single day you don't always have a playbook because every day is new um we're facing different people and different challenges on a daily basis but what wall street um, experience really provided me is to be able to put a playbook around it be able to assess you know the business opportunity the upsides and understand what are the potential risks and how to make the best decisions um, around them and so be able to have that mentality and look at every single problem and look at our business with that very professional mindset um, and problem solving skill um, has been very helpful in terms of entrepreneurship. And so what I'm you know, really excited to do with Arad and with my partnership with, uh, with Katrina is to be able to bring that institutional um, ability and structure into our company. So that makes our company, even though it's a startup today, but scalable and be able to grow very fast. That's great. What great lessons to learn from Wall Street and bring it into your business. That's amazing. So Katrina, what are some of the opportunities and recommendations you see for women in tech today? So I would say that many people have a very two-dimensional understanding of what it means to work in tech. Women especially may think that, you know, it's just an engineer sitting in San Francisco coding all day and if you don't really explore the space and explore the field your point of reference is going to be limited to that you are going to think the world of tech is coding it is engineering only and it's san francisco and that's not the case i think being a woman in tech doesn't mean that you're coding all day and i think that the opportunities will really emerge and you know, we're really going to begin to expand our understanding of what working in tech actually means. So I would honestly say if you love innovation and if you want to help build the future, then maybe you should explore a career in tech. I know for me, that was true, right? I didn't come, I'm not an engineer. I can kind of code with the help of ChatGPT, but the reality is that I just love innovation. I love solving complex problems. And I'm really excited about the future and I just want to have a hand in building it. And so for me, my values align with the career in tech. And so I think there are a lot of these opportunities and as they emerge, it's also on us and on women to be able to expand that frame of reference and to look outside of the traditional perception of what working in tech might, might mean. I love that you said that because we talk about this all the time, that tech is not just coding. There is so much more to tech. There are research jobs. There are innovative jobs. There are sales jobs. There's marketing. There's so many areas that you can contribute. And as women, we have so many talents to bring to the table in this industry that I encourage every day women to think outside of the box. Even if you haven't done it, start to think about how you can do it because you can. And it's a right. lucrative, it's a great industry for women today. 
yeah, tech needs marketing, tech needs yes. people, yeah. tech needs product. Like these are all tech things. Needs women. Yeah, tech needs women. <laughs> Absolutely. <product. laughs> yeah, it's so true. Yeah. Now, Katrina and then Cassie, what challenges have you faced in your career and how have you overcame them? Ooh, how long do we have? So, <laughs> um, building a company is honestly the hardest and most rewarding yep. career choice that I think you could take. And mm -hmm. they always say, if all it took to build a company was a good idea, everyone would be an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. but that Very is true. not the case at all. So when you decide to start a company, you start from ground zero. You really, you might have a couple friends here and there you've spoken to, but you don't know what you don't know which means you really don't know what's to come. There's no roadmap. And I think Cassie said this earlier. There's no plan for you to, to follow. There's no strategy really for you to, to study and to execute on. So many times the biggest challenge is just making that decision to jump, right? It's scary, but once you jump, you have to figure it out. Once you jump, you're in it. And you really become a jack of all trades and wear every hat possible. And that can be a challenge in itself. I think a core quality of an entrepreneur is the love for learning. You want to always learn something new. If you don't know it, you want to figure it out. It's this just thirst for knowledge. Uh, it's also not usually a very clean transition. I would say that's a big challenge. For me personally, I had to balance another job for almost a full year to support a RET before we had funding. So mm -hmm. this means that you're working not, you know, nine to five, nine to six, you're working like eight to 12, mm -hmm. seven days a week. Uh, it means that you're probably making some extreme sacrifices and being very strict with your time, likely sacrificing things like relationships and hobbies. And that is something that a lot of people will have a hard time sacrificing. And so it's something to consider too when going down the, the path of entrepreneurship is, are you willing to make some of those sacrifices for your idea to really flourish and to really give it a chance? Um, there are also always going to be a lot of opinions and personalities around. I would say the there's a challenge there because you know, you can't really understand fully when to listen um, and just really kind of honing that skill of knowing which people do you take advice from, when do you take that advice. That's a challenge in itself in the beginning that you have to refine. And in line with that, I'll add that instinct and trusting your gut. That's another challenge that you can experience. So all of us have that gut feeling, but we don't always listen to it. And it's a muscle that we have to train. And the more that we mature, the more that we refine our craft, the more that we're faced with these really tough choices, the better we become at trusting our instincts and trusting our gut and developing that as a challenge. But once we get there, it's one of the most helpful tools in our toolbox. That's great, Katrina. What great points you made. Um, so thinking on your feet, you know, jumping in with both feet and then thinking on your feet. You have to always keep going. You can't stop. I was there many, many years ago and I started a business. So I know how hard it is to build a company and your love for learning and your passion for the business has to be very strong because without that, you won't be able to endeavor the, the challenges. And um, 
<clears throat> I love that you said that, you know, there's so many personalities. You have to know who to listen to and who to take advice from, not just do it from everybody. So you have to be smart in your decision making and listen to your gut. I think it's it's amazing. Like when I first started, I ran my company from my gut. And then over time, I moved to data and then ran the company from data because data is also critical that tells you so much about what's happening. So great, great points. Thank you. All right. So Cassie, as you know, this podcast is focused around bridging culture, pay, and employment gap for women in tech. What are you seeing in the industry today from your lens? Yeah, so great question. So I think the industry of tech is certainly improving and changing. We're seeing a lot more female coders. We're seeing a lot more females willing to work in the higher risky, you know, in a higher risk, I would say, um, industry such as tech and especially in the entrepreneurial environment. Um, but I've seen a lot more of my peers being able to, you know, move um, from a more traditional career path into tech because they are attracted by innovation, by different styles of leadership, and by the pro prospect of the future. And so I certainly think that's changing. However, if you look at the top or senior manager level, we're seeing very few women. And that has also that number of female leadership in the to uh, top you know, tech firms and tech industry in general has been decreasing in the past few years. It's a very you know hard industry uh, we've already talked about a lot of the challenges um, in terms of why it's a hard career. But I think, you know, for us to really improve that culture, pay and employment gap, it exactly requires more women to just take two things. One, have that immense courage. We don't always have to know what exactly, you know, we need to have in terms of skill set. For Katrina and myself, we did not have a marketing, you know, background or anything, but we want to build a business and want to bring it to the world. So we'll solve any problem that comes at us. To have that immense courage to jump into the unknown is one advice to help us bridge that gap. And number two is just to have the growth mentality and say, I can do this. Um, a lot of my male colleagues through my different you know, career um, places, uh, you know, they'll always be able to kind of face the challenge and say, I don't know what, what stands in front of me, but I can go and take it um, and I'll learn along the way and figure out a solution. And that's exactly the mentality that females will need um, and will help us to bring, you know, both the culture and the pay gap um, and just basically say, I can do this and I deserve it. And let me show you what I can do. That's great. Yes. And I think we have to build confidence, right? This all comes from confidence. And that's the biggest lacking uh, quality of a woman that, you know, we are always thinking we can't do it if it's not perfect. Exactly. And we don't need to have perfection to be able to do a lot. So we can learn along the way. Like you said, you say I can do it. I'm focused on doing this and I will make it happen. And then, you know, just go with the flow. So that's really, really smart advice. Yes, thank you. I love All right. you said that, Sorry, confidence is at the core of our of our vision. Uh, yes. We're trying to do, so I love that you said that. Yeah, confidence is so critical. And we have to lift each other up and give confidence to other women every day so that they can feel it. They can feel it in their world and then they can change their mindsets. We need to do that more. Yeah. All right, so Katrina. In closing, who inspires you and why? So two 
kind of one group of people and one individual. Okay. First one, I'm very inspired by the designers we work with. So we nice. partner with these amazing creators and they're so passionate about their craft. You know, we become friends with a lot of these designers and we are just every day blown away by how detail oriented they are, how much they care about the people that they're creating for. And that to me is inspiring and it motivates us to continue to build every single day and to put in That's those cool. hours. Mm -hmm. uh, I also admire Whitney Hurd. I don't know if you know Whitney Hurd. She's the former CEO of Bumble. She's the founder of Bumble and she really does it all. I listened to her podcast recently and I love the way her mind works. It really resonates with mine. She's very action oriented. She also really believes in the power of community. It's basically how she built Bumble from the ground up was through community. And so she's a female I really look up to. That's great. No, I have not heard of Whitney Heard, but I'm going to listen to her podcast. I think that's great. Great advice too, to grow our um, breadth of who we listen to on podcast. That's amazing. Great. Thank you. And Cassie, who inspires you and why? Yeah, so I love tennis and I love sports. Um, my favorite athlete is Rafa Nadal, and I just really am inspired by his story. So he came from this very small island called Mallorca and um, just, you know, was always driven by this passion for one thing to him is um, it's tennis. And he, you know, really built his career through persistence and focus and, you know, never given up. And for the last, you know, two decades or so, built his own, uh, you know, tennis uh, empire, I would say. So he's somebody I really look up to. And in terms of how I want to live my life, what are the challenges I can overcome and really leave a legacy in the world? And he is someone I look up to. Nice, nice, very nice. And sports figures are always great um, inspiration, too. So that's great. Okay, so Katrina and Cassie, this is a selfish question just because I am making my bucket list of all the places I want to travel to. Um, so what is your favorite place that you've tr traveled to and why? So Katrina, go first. Yeah. I don't know if you know Pokhara. Most people don't. I don't. No, I don't. So, Pokhara is this really, it's like a small little town in Nepal. Ah. And it's, you know, you take a bus or a train, you can do that to get there from Kathmandu. And it's absolutely stunning. It is, it's surrounded obviously by the Himalaya, by the mountains, but it also has these beautiful rivers. And it's just this very picturesque uh, town. And I, it holds a close place in my heart because I love mountaineering. I love climbing. I love being in nature. And for me, I went there and I just told myself one day, I'm just going to build a small hut and get a couple goats and move to Pokhara. <laughs> it, was the most, it was just this perfect place. Peaceful, it was like yeah. a book. So Pokhara, Nepal is Pokhara, my favorite place. Nepal. It's going on my list. Yes. I've never been there and never even heard of it. So <laughs> awesome. That's great. And, you know, that picturesque peaceful natural in nature area is so calming and it's good for our health it's good for our mind it's good for rejuvenation and you know just reinvigorating yourself so that's great i love that and cassie what's your for most favorite place you've traveled to and why 
Yeah, I have a cliche answer, but I'm not afraid to say okay. it. But my yeah, favorite、okay. country in the world is Italy.、Um, wow. I just love how much it has to offer. You know,、mm-hmm. yeah, you go to any different city or different region in Italy, you're completely just you know amazed by what it has to offer. Whether it's the depth of art in Florence or the history, history of humanity, even in Rome, and then you visit the vast land of Tuscany. It's a different type of landscape. And the Amalfi Coast, and you see the lemon trees and the ocean. It's it's just Italy is a place of my happiness. I think you can get so much out of it, and、um, for me, it's a it's just a great oasis. I agree. I love Italy too, and I've done like some of Italy. I haven't done all of it. I'd like to do Tuscany and the Amalfi Coast, but I did Florence, Rome.、Um, mm. You know, Lake、uh, Como. <laughs> Lake Como. Yeah, I've done a few of the places, but not all of them. So I'd like to go back, but you know, it's just so few times in your life that you can go back. So I try to do as much as I can when I'm there. <laughs> but I love、yeah. Italy as well, and just yeah, the culture. Yeah, it's a place where it、people. always,、mm-hmm. it always gives you a surprise wherever you go. <laughs> yes, yes, very much so. Great, 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 great. Well, it was such a pleasure and an honor to have you both on my show.、Um, you guys are very inspirational and have done some amazing, amazing work and continue to grow、uh, with your organizations. So we wish you the best of luck. Anything I can do to help you ever, please reach out.、Um, but if you can share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you, that would be great. Sure. So you can follow me on Instagram. It would be at K O T R Y N A J. My name is spelled weirdly, not the traditional form of Katrina. Okay. And、yeah. my email is K O T R Y N A at A R E T E F O R Y O U dot com. So Katrina at Aret for you dot com. Nice. Thank you so much. And Cassie. Yeah, I will share the same. So my Instagram handle actually has my Chinese name in it.、Um, it's going to be y a n p e i dot h. So yanpei dot h. And、yes. my email is cassie c a s s i e at arevforyou dot com. Very nice. Well, thank you both so much. It was a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show, and I hope to have you as a guest again sometime in the future. Thank、We、you. would love to. Thank you. Yeah, it was、thank、wonderful、you. to be here. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training. Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions, covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer: receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum. On-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com/podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.